You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Control Your Narrative Weekly, Episode 9. I am the narrator. I am the essential character. The man to the right of me still speaks in esoteric tones and levels that only certain microphones can grab. <laughs> you know what they say, speak softly and carry a big dick, okay? <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt or somebody of that nature said that. I'm sorry I was talking low. You love it high, I love it low. Well, yeah, that's why we meet so well in the middle. But yeah, you said it's it's sweater weather? It's sweater weather. It is sweater it weather. I uh, own a print shop with... Multiple sweatshirts, and I went to Wisconsin (laughs) without one. I I left my free C3 hood available at freec3.com under the wearable propaganda section in the back of my automobile. And uh, yeah, so I had to borrow a sweatshirt from Cal Hero. So thanks, kid. That was a Cal Hero uh, narrative shirt, or just a was it a collar elbow or a Cal Hero shirt? Actually, I took it home with me, and I'm going to throw a three-brand right on the back of it. It's a very nice Eddie Bauer, actually. Mm. It's quite comfortable. So it's a, anytime I find somebody else's clothes, I usually wash them, and then I'll bring them over here, and we'll print our, our shit on them. Yeah, whether they like it or not, they're getting a three-brand. Uh, no, so, but then I keep it. So let's talk about that last weekend. Um, you know, very sad, tragic uh, accident. I did a lot of research on that. You know, there was a lot of people uh, on the legal end of things that could have prevented this tragedy. And oh, a thousand dollars. I mean, yeah. I don't want to get into the schematics of it, but yeah. because it would affect the algorithm of this, yeah. telling the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Why is that? Think about it. It's not hard. Why can't we tell the truth about what happened in a tragedy in the United States of America? Oh, it's because we have to protect certain things and yeah, certain protect the, classes. Like, because the algorithms rule like, everything. So, yeah, uh, and people I mean, died, same, but whatever. Same thing happened in Michigan recently, and it's very, very tragic what happened in Michigan, but yeah. they were uh, the, the teachers were meeting with the parents that day. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's amazing what you can find out when you do research and you don't listen to... Um, the media, uh, the news, um, it's amazing how it's almost like it's bought and propaganda, which we joke about, but it's a real thing. Yeah, it sucks. Well, everybody is programmed to a certain level of propaganda anymore. That's where uh, having an open conversation, open forum of two like-minded people that can disagree on something and still uh, walk out well, of it. Well, only one side can't disagree. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, can't have a reasonable happens. caption. Uh, but you and Adam uh, raised $10,000 for the family? Over 10. Over 10. Yes. Wow, that's beautiful. I, I believe so by the end of it because uh, people were so uh, touched by what we did. And then a lot of people, like, we started that meet and greet and we were – Go until like halfway through the show, and we just had to get back to prepare the for the ass kicking. We we're going to give uh, Rakit and uh, Jake something. So, but no, yeah. Uh, by the end of it, people were like, 
like I was walking to the back thanking everybody for coming and people were just like, here's first five, here's 10, here's 20, give it to the cause. And I'm like, oh, it was great. And it was, yeah. it's not for the accolades and the praise. It was for, because it was the right thing to do. And uh, rarely do I have a sense of fulfillment and happiness in this shit world and shitty industry. But I remember why I do what I do. And it was for a night like Saturday Night at Blizzard Brawl. So thank you to David Hero. Thank you to Adam. Uh, and thank you, Waukesha, Wisconsin. And that was uh, Adam's first independent wrestling match ever, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I guess ever. so. Yeah. Um, well, of course, my first independent match had uh, 3,000 people in it. It was a sellout. Selling out the same room as o Hogan and Andre. <laughs> yeah. Which is true. Um, uh, but it was, yes, see, I did too. you know, uh, we're going to go into a promo package here, a little bit of a highlight reel about how that match uh, happened. But uh, what was it like being out there with uh, Adam on his first independent thing? Like, he just seemed to be full of so much uh, positive strong energy that was like like his vibe is everything was just so on point i think too breaking the conditioning of who he's been another man's monster another man's creation like feeling that out there and feeling him feeling it out and just realizing he can be himself it was freeing to watch that and uh yeah like two very capable opponents that uh we had a, a good time a fun time raucous crowd wisconsin bread like it that state means a lot to him the city obviously going through what it did the interactions we had with thousands of fans prior to the show like it was a it was a very good moment and uh i remember after the match yeah, he's got a power slam. Come on, one, two, three, uh, yay! And like I'm sliding in there, and I'm like calling for the mic. I'm like, you want to say something? He's like, yeah, you just tee me up, brother. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like all right, you got it. But then he gave an impassioned, heartfelt speech. Uh, it's amazing what he can do when he doesn't have a white piece of paper with an insane butchering of creative meaning on it written by a old man I whatever it's amazing what he can do when he speaks from the heart because when he speaks from the heart he means it and when you mean it the people feel feel it everyone felt it that night it was uh he was Shakespearean in a way in his performance I mean he was like he was it was seeing the Adam that he's always wanted and meant to be and he was Instead of getting those brief uh, moments as Braun Strowman with the kids and the fans yeah. that he would, that's what he used to live for. Uh, and when the pandemic happened and he wasn't able to perform a live crowd and his depression kicked in, those were all pretty honest realities. Seeing him in, in, with all that energy in the room and going crazy like that, and he did it for a good cause. Yeah. And he did it with David Hero, which is one of a very, very respected man in the industry. Very much so. Um, and just being a part of that whole experience. Um, so we put together a little, you know, minute and a half to two minute uh, highlight reel. But if you're listening to this at home, we're going to drop in a quick little interview that Adam did with CBS uh, discussing the event. So here you go. 
Um, man, so here's the deal. So we're doing a meet and greet, autograph signing, uh, photo opportunity and stuff before and after the show. Myself and my tag partner for the night, um, EC3, known um, his real name is Michael Hutter. He's one of my best friends, business partners, and and my tag team wrestling partner. And you know, we we we're we've been very blessed and fortunate in our lives. Um, with everything that's been, you know, allotted us through professional wrestling, working with WWE, now working outside of WWE. And, you know, being Wisconsin is near and dear to my heart. Uh, my sister and I are the only ones in my family born out of the state of Wisconsin. I just built a house in Neosho. So, I mean, Waukesha is my, my back door, you know, my, my, my backyard. And uh, I think this is an awesome opportunity to do some good in the community and stuff. Um, all the money, all the proceeds raised from the autograph signing meet and greets will be donated to the families and the victims of the Waukesha Christmas Parade. And um, I, I'm really looking forward to having a huge, massive turnout because, I mean, it's in Waukesha, so the people of Waukesha will be supporting this for a good cause, looking to do a little bit of good in a time of bad here, coming up on the holidays. And, you know, it's just an opportunity to give back. You know, that's what life's all about. You uh, Again, I said I've been so blessed and fortunate to be able to a lot and see the things that I've done and uh, travel the world and doing. And this is an opportunity for me to give back to all those people that have, have uh, you know, supported me along the way and, 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 you know, gave me the option or the opportunity to be in this position. Yeah. Give us a sense of what kind of impact that will make, because I'm not sure that many people know that's a pretty big part of a wrestler's income at an event like that. Um, yeah, it's it's a very big, big thing. Um, a lot of these deals, um, these meet and greets and stuff, why I'm, I'm hoping to raise a minimum of $10,000. I don't see why, you know, um, people coming out for photographs, autographs. I'll be signing action figures, signing personal pictures that we'll be bringing. And I don't know, 100% of the proceeds from my meet and greet and EC3's meet and greet will be donated to the families of Waukesha. about that theme song huh? uh, it's my <laughs> adrenaline rise hey is that theme song available on our spotify and apple music absolutely it's available on spotify apple that music and jams. all streaming, all streaming uh, platforms yeah tommy tanks hit it out of the park on that one you know when we we're doing the match too it's not like we had rehearsals or like an entrance plan or anything like that so it's it was very cool i got to be out there for that first playing and it's going to take a while for people to be conditioned because they're used to yeah, and then dun, like a shitty dun, dun, train whistle they added, yeah. I think. I don't know why they would do that. That's a horrible idea. But the people started feeling it, and then like you could just feel the atmosphere. And like his natural fire and charisma coming out when it when it played was like, yeah, like and, he was feeling And all this week as we were prepping for it, like I remember telling you, like, hey, you get to be a part of feeling that feeling for the first time. And it's yeah. As uh, as introduction to the Titan as rises, 
it's been uh, a theme song for us since we kind of created helped create the character and uh or f- sorry free the real man that's inside i create the character uh we're still you know this is the uh the rise of Titan, and you're going to see it over the next year or two, uh, where he actually, be- Adam Shearer is really starting to become Titan. Yeah. Also, thank you to uh, Ian and Three Count Photo for the yes. sweet footage. If you need a job in the narrative, it doesn't pay. You get to sleep on my floor, but when we film one, you're in. Yeah. If you want to sleep on the uh, bunk beds in the basement we're building, uh, you can have one right next to uh, Vinny Pacifico. Uh, so this week's psychoanalysis is with one Zane. Now, who is Zane? Zane? Oh, Zane. You may be asking, Zane is the creative mind behind most of uh, Ring of Honor's propaganda uh, as far yep. as the visual aspect of it is concerned. VRs, video packages, promos, uh, camera work. He does it all. Like he, I was very excited to get him on here to talk to you because he, since I've been in Ring of Honor, produced some of the favorite like synopsis of what's going on that I've been involved with. Like he captured what I do and what I'm about. Even when I was first coming in there and I was supplying him our footage, our theme music, uh, we were all on the phone together and I never met the guy, but like he's talking to us and we're spitting it back and forth and he has these great ideas and narrator and I are just kind of looking at each other like this, this guy fucking gets it. And then he works so incredibly hard. He is easily Ring of Honor's, in my opinion, most valuable employee, and they should keep him for as long as possible because he has a lot of value. He reminds me of a young Jeremy Borash, just slightly better looking, uh, but he can do it all. He's passionate about what he does. He feels it, and like he can make my my promos rule, so I'm easy. But uh, he can make uh, how they say. Chicken shit in the chicken salad. Yeah, he knows the recipe. Yeah. So uh the Jarrett family recipe. <laughs> ah, hmm. <laughs> eh. Eh. That's a Bruce Pritchard thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I didn't. I don't. It's a Bruce Pritchard thing. Um, I gave Double J a Control Your Narrative shirt, so hopefully by the time this airs, he has it on his Instagram. But yeah. Um, so Zane, yes, I wanted him to have a chance and an opportunity to speak to the audience of wrestling who don't know the unsung heroes, the people that yeah. do the work behind the scenes that goes unnoticed, unreported, uncredited. This is him. Go ahead. Take it. Yeah. And uh, real quick, I, I've never met Zane before other than a few interactions between email or phone calls. So it was my first time meeting him. Um, and very similar to my psychoanalysis of Vincent. It was a lot of us getting to know each other throughout the process. And he was, he's so impressive and I really uh, hope to one day be able to co-produce with Zane. And I think that's what a lot of that conversation was. It was like, are we are we best friends already or what? You know what I mean? And I, I think there's hopefully going to be a, a future to where I get to create with him. So here it is, the psychoanalyzation of Zane from Ring of Honor. Today's psychoanalysis is somebody that uh, not many people is going to recognize, but you're going to recognize his body of work. Um, I'm here with Zane from Ring of Honor. Uh, what, what is your exact your role at Ring of Honor? Uh, producer. That's the easiest the way, way to explain producer. it. Is just saying producer because you're I like, produce you're a whole in the camera. You I, know I, yeah, yeah, you know, it's one of those things where you wear many hats. You yes. know, you, you produce talent, right? You help with promos. You produce the video packages, right? You produce post-produce, right? Yeah. Edit. You do some directing too, just you know, yeah. bodies, moving bodies. But producer is like the broad 
hat you wear because it's <laughs> the easiest thing to explain your title. Yeah. I, I go through that with the narrative. Oh, what do you, I'm, I'm the producer. You know what I mean? I, you know, I'm, I'm doing, you know, we're not sleeping. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're up till three in the morning and waking up the next day hating our hitting our lives because we got to do it for 15 hours, but this is what we love to do, right? Yeah. Um, no, but I've, uh, to be honest, uh, this is probably the first time we've talked in person, but I was in, when EC3 goes to Ring of Honor, I sent over all the uh, original narrative uh, treatment that we did for the, the first narrative over to you, and you called EC3 on the phone. I'm in the car with them, and I hear you talking about making propaganda videos and how much you had heard the passion in, your, in, your, in the way you're talking about it and your knowledge about it. Um, and I'm not throwing anybody else under the bus, but I, I wasn't really happy where the essential character in the narrative went to, uh, to impact. I thought that they kind of missed some of the actual art of what we were doing. They kind of took it and, and digested it in a wrestling lens, where you, who worked for a wrestling company, one of the biggest wrestling especially wrestling-centric company, you took it and saw as the art form and saw the propaganda in there. And it was, it was so, I remember when EC3 debuted, I was just like, I, I felt like, you know, um, I can let go of that anxiety. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I appreciate that. You don't oh, probably hear that that often, but, you know, uh, aside from, you know, there's certain producers in the business, yourself, Jeremy Borash, uh, Jimmy at NXT and stuff that I'm just like, I always look out for what they're producing because they're you guys are the innovators of right now. You know I what appreciate I mean? that. And like straight up like and you're also working within, you know, uh, a different type of a post pandemic world where you don't have the, the energy of the crowd, which was Ring of Honor's feeling for so long. You're trying to create art out of something different. I'm not saying it doesn't have energy, but you're having yeah. to grab different things and edit different ways. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's a lot to unpack with what you said. <laughs> yeah. The first thing, thank you yeah. for the kind words, yeah. because yeah. that hearing that makes me motivated to continue doing my best work and pushing to be even better than I have before. I mean, the first day that I spoke with EC3 and, and hearing all of his ideas, like, yeah. everything you guys were yeah. doing, it, it kind of like woke me up because <laughs> we were in that pandemic, right? Yeah. We, I was sitting there just editing archival, just archival stuff because yeah. we needed things to get back, you know, to TV for. So I'm sitting there, I'm on the phone and I'm like, okay, I knew he was coming in and I was like, this is cool because he's probably got a fire lit under his ass yeah. where he's like, he's pissed. He's and pissed, he's yeah. not, he, he, he wants to make his art, he wants to do what he's going to want to do and he, he's going to be like passionate about it. Yeah. And I love working with people that match my energy. You know, it's tough because a lot of people in this business that are working backstage or producers, it's just like maybe wrestling's not their background. They just fell into this because mm -hmm. this was just, ah, you know, yeah, I, I like doing video or I like producing talent. Like, this is my life. Yeah. So working with someone that that's their life, I'm going to match that, man, and we're going to make some great stuff. So all the things that you sent, he sent, like, it was just gorgeous footage. Yeah. It was just so cool and different. So it made me think, wow. What can I add with my flair, right? Like, what could yeah. I add into it to kind of like make it as good as I can? Because I don't want to do it wrong by you guys, right? Yeah. You guys entrusted that footage, that idea, and that and intellectual you camera. I, you're the only person I trust with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Outside of our world, and like that's and that's something that like because the the essential like EC3 in the narrative and EC3 in Ring of Honor, like this is all his narrative. You know, yeah. this is you know regardless. But I, on my end, creating, helping create the character. Like I, you know, in the Fight Club world, I'm I'm the narrator. I am the essential character as much as he is the narrator too. And he speaks through me, and I speak through him. So to to have that, or I don't have that control of the narrative. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the anxiety and and seeing like how you. Um, have portrayed all that stuff, and, and I think we've talked off camera, but I want to say this on camera: uh, your edit of him and Jay Briscoe. So, oh my gosh! Like, 
the the story in in front of no crowd and the story that you guys were able to tell they they gave you the opportunity to have the right angles and I, I looked at him come back I was like can we do a of you know a narrative when I do the voiceover for this like I wanted to do a narration on it because I was motivated by the actual storytelling um, and it matches with like 14 and a half minutes too and you're on Something that in your like seat that. like the whole time yeah, you know they did a great job with that both of them um, no and this is something that I uh, watched. Uh, when e EC3 was living with Jeremy Borash, I'd have to watch him edit a lot of these no uh, no crowd matches and watching him cut down all this stuff. What was your challenge when you had to switch over from, hey, I got all this energy and I'm, you know, I can cut, I, you, you don't have the cutaway to the crowd anymore. You don't have that reaction. A spot happens, you can't go this anymore. How did you uh, challenge yourself in those situations? Well, since I since I've been, I make the VTRs, the video yeah. packages, all those types of things, profile pieces, especially yeah. in the, the pure tournament that yeah. we had. So my challenge is to make Ring of Honor, especially with no, with no crowd, feel bigger than it is with no crowd. Yeah. Because when you when you have literally no one in the audience, yeah. and these guys are sacrificing their lives <laughs> in front of no audience, just the virtual people yeah. that we hope are watching on TV and social media, like. I gotta do what I can do to make it worth it, right? To tell yeah. the story, because at the end of the day, with the physicality that's in the ring, you know, that's one thing, but the story you tell trumps everything, Absolutely. in my opinion. Me, so me too. some of these guys we are, are storytellers. Yeah, yeah every, like. all, every, single, every single guy and girl backstage, they're storytellers, and they need the platform and the time to be able to tell those stories. Some are very good at that, some are learning and getting better. And my challenge was trying to figure out visual ways to accentuate the positives and completely hide and diminish any negative. Mm -hmm. So, you know, talk about just footage of people that, oh, there's <laughs> no one in the crowd, or even if we had a, sh a shot yeah. of people in the crowd, but there wasn't many fans, something like that, y you just don't use it, right? W what can you cover it? What can you cover it with? So I started utilizing the beauty shots, right? So we get these shots in the ring with the fog and the lights, mm -hmm. and y you want people showing what, their reactions of just, life right so mm -hmm. what what in your life hurts you what what makes you happy what makes you angry what makes you enraged you yeah. know like show me that tell me i'm talking to these but you know and then i'm getting the facial reactions you shoot that and then oh you put that footage in the in the video package when it calls for it that's beautiful you know so if ec3 is in a video package with jay briscoe and and you know it's like got whimsical uh tribal-esque music. Yeah. I use a lot of this, you know, these different influences from diff all over the world. They have beautiful yeah. music, um, ethnic music is on our database that we yeah. use. It's awesome. And like, you know, he's just like doing a thing. He's just, you know, looks up, right? And just stares out. Like clearly he's like, he's thinking, right? He's, yeah. So like, I gotta put that video footage over some sort of voiceover dialogue or yeah. narration that is going to you know, correlate with that. So it's it's just kind of like distracting visually and giving something more appealing and interesting. That's it's like in the ring. Yeah. People, you know, facials, right? What what do they sell? The same thing. And so just to let everybody know at home, uh, this is where I'm marking out. You know what I mean? Getting the chance to sit down and talk to someone who does this full time. Uh, this is all very fascinating. Uh, very very fascinating stuff. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about. Um, for everybody just being introduced to you. How did you end up in Ring of Honor? Do you have, did you go to school for this background or is it just a passion for film and wrestling that got you here? So, I mean, since I was probably like 10, I wanted to work in wrestling in mm -hmm. some capacity. Yeah. You know, everybody grows up, oh, I want to be a wrestler. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Like, you're on your trampoline, you make yeah. a wrestling federation, you have a home <laughs> movie and you're like 12. Yeah. You know, break your friend's neck, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, I was, my goal was to work in wrestling 
I just didn't know how. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, you know, I'll just uh, I'll, I'll go and go to film school because I need to go to college anyway because yeah. you know everybody. In, that's in what the, they say. That's what they tell you, yeah. and then that's you the find propaganda out later that yeah. you owe a lot of money and. You need to pay it, even yeah. if you die. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. So I went to uh, college, uh, Fairly Dickinson University okay. in North Jersey, and uh, you know, made music videos for my band at the time as a musician. So I would always be making like you know different kinds of things for my own projects yeah. that I was trying to pursue. And then in grad school, I went and got my master's of uh, business administration and media management. So film, television, distribution, yeah. media marketing, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, there, I was at a um, like a party city for getting something for Halloween or whatever, <laughs> and I'm wearing some wrestling centric yeah. something like a hoodie or whatever. And this guy's like, "Oh, like you like wrestling? Like you know, there's a wrestling school down the street, you know." And I'm like, "Really?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, you should check it out. I train there." And I'm like, "Oh yeah." Never, never once saw him yeah. when, I, when I started going. Yeah. So I went. I started training uh, briefly. You know, yeah. it was it was never so much as a goal to be full-time wrestler. I always I would always word it when I would go train was to understand I'd be a producer. Yeah. And that's how it was yeah. it was just, you know, uh I started training after I ran wrestling for seven, eight years. I moved down here and I actually went into training because I just wanted to understand how to communicate. Mm-hmm. It was just an issue of communication and and just being like, hey, what do I want out of the story? And it was getting in the ring and just finally understanding like at this point I've already produced 200 wrestling shows. But it was that awakening, and it was like three, four months of just doing it three days a week and going through that process to finally understand, okay, I don't want to wrestle. I want to actually produce it. It it helps you understand uh, a lot of the psychology of the way you need to think when you're in the ring, right? Like, I'm not saying I learned learned a ton of stuff where I was like, yeah, I can go and have a match right now. No. I know basic stuff. I learned basic things. And what happened was, was... you know, all the trainees have to set up chairs for the oh, event yeah. and I'll, you know, pay, pay your dues and pay all that. Dudes. You know, I was in grad school at the time, so I'm like 23, 24. Yeah. And I, I was just like, you know what, man, like maybe there's a better way to utilize me to pay my dues. So I was like, listen, <laughs> I, instead of just setting up chairs, can I make a video for the the show of the night, like yeah. a recap. I'll, yeah. I'll stay ringside. I'll shoot my own oh. thing, right? Like it's like more of a cinematic look. So I, I did that. And then they were like, oh, like, can we keep doing that? And then I started doing backstage stuff and producing yeah. the promos and then making more. And then, like, word kind of spread, I guess, like, in the area I was in. And, you know, I started getting, like, bookings to, to go and travel uh-huh. uh, and, and, and film That's and do I... things. And, you know, I never wanted to be, like, a ringside camera operator. That was not the goal. The goal was to be in a position where I was backstage producing talent, helping people speak their promos visually how it looks the packages, creative, coming yeah. up with segments and ideas, essentially writing without actually writing. Yeah, the you know, pen to paper. Fly, yeah. I'm really like, I like collaborative efforts. Yeah. And that's what's great about Ring of Honor is it's collaborative effort, you yeah. know, and we come up with things and it's fun. Uh, and that's kind of, that's how I got involved was I just, grassroots way, you know, train, do stuff for free for a long time, <laughs> like a real long time. I went to Australia for yeah. about 10 months and I lived there. And then I did. The, I went on the indie wow. circuit there um, in the like Brisbane area, and that was awesome. Because, would, like, do you work with anybody that's of Dave now, or? Uh, so I did some work with uh, Davis of Aussie Open. Okay. I did a, like a highlight package for him, like right before he left to move to the UK. Now he's <laughs> in Will Osprey's stable. Okay, yeah. And uh, who else? Um, 
I can't. I, I'm, that's so. That's, that's, like, that's to be the what, one. Twenty five, yeah. twenty six, and just that's I'm probably gonna, the most mark. Yeah. yeah, he's he's the most like known guy right yeah. now. But I, everybody over there just to put everybody over there. Yeah. Over, they're great. Everybody yeah. in in Australia and wrestling. They have a I whole mean, diff- it's a whole uh, different. I went to beast. MCW one time just to just to shoot because I wanted to just get out there because I was on the different different side of the country. Right, yeah. it's like whatever. And uh, Mikey, he he's I don't think he owns it anymore, but he invited me out and it was like Osprey versus um, Robbie Eagles and. Uh, Adam Brooks, which is a shame that I never got to meet. He was supposed to come to Ring of Honor, but like yeah. they put out a great, they had a great show, great operation there, and like just everybody that I interacted with in Australian wrestling was really fantastic, and I got to learn a lot. Um, I did a House House of uh, Hardcore show while I was there too. Just okay. wore, just wore camera. Yeah, but like, it, yeah you, you I know? forgot. Yeah, Tommy Dreamer did take it down under for a second. It yeah, was, it was what like 2013 or 14. He just was on a roll with that House See, of Hardcore I, stuff. Yeah, like. I was there in 20, 2017. 2017. Yeah. yeah. So like the Young Bucks were on that yeah. show and Spirit Squad. I think they wrestled. Yeah, and, Spirit Squad. Yeah. yeah, you know, and it's just uh, I just remember being backstage and one of I think it was Kenny. Kenny from Spirit Squad, he was like, you know, talking about, oh, like, you know, what, what can I say to rattle these people? And then I'm like telling them like all these, this Aussie lang that yeah. I, slang that I've yeah. learned over the last few months that might get under their skin. He's like, okay, I might, I think I might use some of that. But, you Especially know. if they do it like an annoying male cheerleader. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, they're great. But, you know, so then coming back to America, uh, I just, I got in with Capital Wrestling, which is now Catalyst Wrestling in, okay. in, in New Jersey. And uh, I was direct, kind of like what you're doing in a way where you're you're like you're shooting, you're producing, and you're actually editing, yeah. post directing the show, right? You're everything, like <laughs> everything, all that. Yeah. So that was me for 130 weeks. I did that. Uh, I should do that with a narrative. Like, how many weeks am I doing this for? You yeah, know? when like, I got up to episode 130, because I started just yeah. editing it while I was yeah. away. Yeah. I said, I'm, I'm Matt Ryan. His name is right before I left for Australia. I was like, hey, I want to help, but I'm going to be away for a while. I'm like, I'll edit the show. So while I was over there, I edited the show. And then when I came back, I started actually directing and producing everybody, you know, people there. And a lot of those guys, like, you know, they're going on to, you know, do, you know, some cool things. And um, that helped me learn what I needed to learn to get to where I'm at now. I'm always learning. And I, I need to know more, man. Yeah. Like, I'm just trying to get better and better because I, I have big plans, man. And that place allowed me the ability to exercise my creativity in a way that was actually helping people feel more comfortable in who they were as characters. And the most important thing, my, one of the most important things as a performer mm. is knowing who you are because if you don't know who you are, no one's going to believe, believe that. Absolutely. And I believe say that all the time. Yes. So I wanted to make people believe in themselves so when they went out in that ring, they knew, oh yeah, I'm going to make everybody believe. And I want to be a part of that. And they gave me that opportunity and it was tremendous. And through that, um, a couple people uh, that previously worked at WWE and, mm-hmm. and uh, a couple guys that were, you know, established yeah. guys backstage. They uh, they put in a good word at Ring of Honor when they were in need of someone. And I got, you know, I was very grateful and very blessed. And the opportunity came at the right time. Praise God. And, and it brought me there. How long have you been there? Uh, over two years now. Because uh, I mean, interesting two years. Yeah, like you're, you're like a, a godsend to a lot of the, a lot of the talent, and it's it's, not, it's feedback I get a lot of the time. And like I said, other than the few names I talked about at the beginning here, it's like um, the no, no, not many wrestling fans understand the amount of uh, talent and sacrifice that the producers go through to create this product and especially doing it on a weekly basis you know with with the big paper like a big pay-per-view here and there and stuff that's um that's an insane uh and, and you're lucky because you get to do 
the compilations and, and get to look at what the story is and stuff. Um, before we talk more about that stuff, uh, I, I've played in at least 25 bands. How many bands have you played in? <laughs> uh, probably like four, but they were yeah. all like, it's like it kept the members kept changing. That's how it is. But yeah. like, but yeah. names kept changing uh, and like location. Like it's starting in Jersey, and then yeah. like you know you're in middle school, and then your high yeah. school. Those guys like a couple of them fall away, and then yeah. you get to college, and then like grad school, and you move to New York. And how old are you? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. My birthday's actually in three days. Yeah, so you're, you're thirty. You're you're just kissing your peak. You know what I mean? You're just starting to kiss your peak. You've already done I, a lot. You know I, what I mean? Like, trying my best. <laughs> I, I hope I hope I have many more years of getting better and doing bigger things. Um, what was your uh, biggest influence to be a musician? Like, what's your favorite band? Like, let's let's do some band. Let's get off the subject for rest, uh, wrestling for a second. Let's Incubus, Incubus, is, yeah. Incubus and Rush. Okay, so Rush. So you for, play bass. I am a bassist, but I'm also a lead singer. So yeah. so Brandon Boyd Brandon from Boyce, Incubus. Yeah. He's yeah. got he's my vocal uh, spirit animal. Yeah, oh yeah. You uh, make yourself. I was. Mid high school when Make Yourself came out, and like I, I'll, like I was already in the underground metal. And that's scene, what my tattoo yeah. says: "Make Yourself" in there. Yeah, it's, it's like that record, and it was because because Science was great, but Make Yourself, it is, uh, you know, it's all a panty peeler. It's always said that album such a panty <laughs> peeler. It's 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 such a. Uh, I saw like that was I saw them a lot during those three records, and just you know, like a lot of them in opening slots too. So they're still trying to prove themselves. Beautiful time uh, about them. Uh, I never got to see much of Rush. I've seen a lot of Rush cover bands. Yeah, I saw them yeah. at Madison Square Garden Oof. when on my 16th birthday. Wow! And that was the one and only time I got to see him. And that was, was that's great, beautiful. Man. Yeah, yeah it's well, great. Yeah. So every every package or everything you watch, especially the video packages before like a big match. Oh yeah. I want people to watch that and feel the soul that's in that. It's not just. Oh, they slap together the story. Okay, great. Wow. Okay, it's four minutes of you know whatever. Like just people talking in a ring. No, no, no. I want people the the music, the people to you know, feel yeah. feel that and be like, oh my gosh, like I want to see this guy win. Absolutely. I, I want people to look at someone and be like, they're they're and they're we, a star. We talked about this off you camera know? when you did the uh, package for the four way match. Uh, EC3 did the last pay per view. Uh, where he is the storyteller, and you're literally placing in these three other, like the the uh, Brody and and the two uh, Luchador guys, so Bandito and I got the, what's the other guy? I always forget his name. Flamita. Flamita. Yes. Demonic Flamita. Dev- Demonic Flamita. And like seeing that, and like I was led, I was led to believe that this was an, uh, a big EC3 triumph. And like you, you know, never know. You never know. And never like know. I was like so like to, like I'm watching the uh, the package and and the disservice. When we said this over and over again, to not see a packed crowd, like that was that was an issue. Like I was like, man, I, like I watched that package, and then to see not five hundred to a thousand people just going crazy because that pa- I was I was drawn into it. You know what I mean? I, I appreciate it. Yeah, That's like, what was, you want to hear. <laughs> so yeah, I was drawn into it. And uh, uh, there's one thing I probably gotta give you credit for. Uh, EC3 will laugh about this, but there was. Uh, Ring of Honor pay-per-view recently where you guys pull out the VHS tapes. Oh, yeah. Anniversary. The, the anniversary, yeah. yeah. Did you produce that? Yeah, yeah Okay. Yeah. Uh, I had you, to go on Facebook Marketplace and find the TV, the VHS, um, <laughs> like, cassette, like, uh, the, where the, the thing that you pull out. Yeah. Be like, when, when, you know, the guy's hand's going in and it pulls out, I bought both of those things. <laughs> They're in my basement right now. So I just moved and I was like, ah, should I get rid of them? Like, yeah. and then my girlfriend's like, no, like, keep them. That's and then nostalgia. we can we do stuff with yeah. them later. And yeah. I'm like, all right, you're right, you're right. I um I saw that and I come into the and I'm so about originality and I come in and I talk to EC3 and I'm just like I'm booking this you know this entrance for Matt Cardona to you know leave his house and get in a Ghostbusters car and ride to go get his ass kicked by EC3 and I was just like man like 
that VHS thing and Cardona so nostalgia. So like I went on Facebook Marketplace and I got the VCR <laughs> and I, I made a thing that says Matt Rules and I filmed it in here of me putting the thing in there. But it was one of those things where um, I told, I'm like, no one's going to, because like not, the, unfortunately, I wish somebody would be like, wow, Ring of Honor did that. But no one, it's straight over everybody's head. You know what I mean? But it was one of those things where you influence the narrative artistically. Oh, I was that's just like, cool. That's a really great way of starting uh because it's literally a five-minute metal Ghostbusters thing that Cardona. That's awesome. And I'm like, this was a way of, of, of just starting it off. And I can release that as its own little piece, and it's the, the way to hit play. Yeah, you know what I mean? and like, like for, for me, that's awesome. I yeah. love that. The, the, <laughs> like the reason why I did it was because it's our 19th anniversary. Ring of Honor was basically founded as like a tape trading tape, company. Tape trading company, yeah, so absolutely. Like, I just took all of my personal VHS tapes. I have like 100-something from growing <laughs> up, and I just like relabeled them with masking tape. I'm like, what's cool? <laughs> Well, it was a great you know, way, too, on your end, to not have to... I mean, you did have B-roll footage of the 19 years, but you didn't have to do tons. You let the, the art of the, v, v, the the actual VHS tapes tell those stories that you... Like, I saw exactly what you were doing. I was like, this is great. You know I, I mean? appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate and, that. That was a fun one to do because I just had to take a bunch of uh, memorabilia and stuff <laughs> from the office and just decorate my uh, spare bedroom with it. Yeah, and I was like, all right, let's make this look like a, like the Disney vault, except the Ring of Honor vault. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's that's something... And, like, it's something as a wrestling fan and... Uh, like, I started promoting wrestling in 2005 and six, So I'm, I'm literally, like... Like the Samoa Joes, the, uh, the AJ Styles, they're all on top of Ring of Honor stuff of like course. that. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm getting to book Claudio and all that stuff. And there was so much of that, that mid 2000s Ring of Honor, which was the fucking shit. Like yeah. it was everything. You know what I mean? Uh, I think it was when Gabe was booking it and stuff, and and all the, you know, the you, everything, the drama with Gabe was. That was all fascinating to watch all that play out with within the roster and stuff. Because when he pieced out, he had he created his whole new, new faction in Dragon Gate, and it was w- interesting to watch all those changeovers happen. But you get access as a f- you get to just I'm gonna work, do these doing these packages and stuff like that. So you get to sit around and watch the 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 best of the best of Ring of Honor and prep it for Ring of Honor. So it is kind of a dream job for a wrestling fan. You know what I mean? Yeah, in, in a way, it's funny because I never had access to Ring of Honor growing up. So I was okay. a big WWE fan. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously. Uh, and you know WCW and Absolutely, ECW, yeah. but really I was WWE kid because, like I said, I'm born in 1991. Yep. So <laughs> like right and you right know Ring that. of Honor when they started yeah. coming up, I was like I was younger and I didn't have access to the t- the flea market tape trades and DVD trades and like all this like you know, I'm gonna buy these DVDs that, oh. out of this guy's van by the river. Like you yeah. know I'm not doing that as a 12 year old. Like so I I heard of the names that were big in Ring of Honor from like going on. Wikipedia pages and like looking up results because as a kid you're like oh yep. like who you know so and so is now in WWE where, where were they before like CM Punk right CM like I'm like example, 14 yeah. when he gets signed in WWE so I'm like where does this guy come from and then you're like oh what's this oh he he did this like yeah. oh who who are these names who's Matt Taven he, he who who he wrestled this this guy and yeah. I'm like who's that jabroni you know yeah. and like all this kind of stuff and I'm, you start to learn and then now that I'm in the position I'm at I'm like. Subtly remembering being that age yeah. and like looking stuff up on the cage match and oh, all these things. Was, that's how that's like what I used to find stuff. On our end, it was just getting on cage match. If you got in cage match, that means you were you were made. You know, what I mean? <laughs> you know someone might buy two DVDs off you. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, what is your hands-down favorite match that you've ever been a part of the creative process from, I'm talking like post, I say post-production, the performance and, you know, pre-production, the performance wow. in the ring and post-production. Like, you got, you know, this is, look at the smile on your face. It's right? so tough because yeah. I got three. Yeah, okay, then. I, I'll say that three in no particular order. Okay. So I'll say Fight on the Farm with Briscoes, yeah, Mark absolutely. and Jay. Yeah. Um, they are two of the greatest people I've ever met in wrestling, and I love them, and I think they're just absolutely incredible, and they deserve all the credit in the world. They're and amazing because they exist outside the bubble of wrestling. They did, yeah, they, do what they, they did what they want to do. They did it yeah. how they wanted to do it. They're family guys. Yeah. They, they're actually, they, they've, let's control your narrative to them. They've been doing it. You know they're, 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 yeah, literally, <laughs> like, they, they are, you know, yeah. they're what... Anybody in wrestling would strive to be really. It's yeah. like they do it on their terms, and they're they're who they're who they are on camera. They, you know, they're they're just great people. And that fight on the farm match was one of the best things, most proud things I've ever done in my career. Just to to have the opportunity to work so closely with them and be uh, a, a, a big part of that was just an absolute honor. Um, telling their story from being little kids to how many days shoot know, of that was that. Cause it's a bit. I mean, it's a lot. I mean, it's one. it's one. It's one. one day. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You'd be yeah. surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave some of the magic behind my hat or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you'd be surprised. Uh, they, it's a, it's a fight. It's it right, was yeah. a fight. Yeah. It was a fight, and they fought, and we shot it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. Uh, so and that that happened. That's how them but, boys work. <laughs> yeah. No. It's yeah. easy. It's yeah. easy. You just let it roll, and they yeah. fight, and that's what it is. <laughs> but like the filming of the actual, you know, I converted a lot of v, their VHS footage to digital oh. that their mom gave me. Their mom, shout out to Mama Briscoe, Papa Briscoe. They're, they're some good people, <laughs> and they, you know, she gave me the the, the VHS tapes, which yeah. I still need to give back to you. Yeah. Don't let me forget. <laughs> but that's so fa- yeah, that's that's awesome. You get to to enjoy that because as a producer. Uh, you know, I, I call this psychoanalyzing people, but it's also like a level of therapy. So you're actually getting to know the psychology of the artist you're working with by go, just getting to watch those VHS back. You know, oh, right? yeah. yeah. You know, and it's just seeing that brotherly, you know, fighting and, and, and uh, growing together. Yeah, you know? so, but the that, second match that I, out of the three, um, that I was just in love with from top to bottom, start to finish, was Jay Briscoe versus CC3. Beautiful. For anniversary 19. And... The uh, the one thing that stuck with me with the inciting incident of their their storyline, it's like the hand, right? Why won't you shake my hand? You know, why won't you look me <laughs> in the eye? And you realize, you know, how many people over your life your hand touches. And, and now for me, the video package came from an idea that struck me from. So my my grandfather passed away. It's actually his. his he would have been ninety one today. Ironically, Beautiful. which is crazy. So he passed away um, eight years ago, and my dad gave the uh, speech, I guess you would say, at the wake, and he mm-hmm. talked about his hands. He said, my, my father's hands have been all over the world. His hands have, you know, saved the lives of people in, in, in Korean War. His, his hands saved, 
you know, and protected the people when he was the captain of the state police in New Jersey. When his, you know, he listed all these different things. He's like, you don't realize how important your your hands are. Those same hands would hu- hug me as a child. And I'm like, my God, my, my dad's a hell of a promo here. And I'm like, <laughs> but he's, he's saying this and I'm like, wow. And I remembered that. So all these years later, I was like, that needs to be the um, nucleus of this video package is like focusing on like, where's Jay's hands? You know, where, yeah. where is, he, who's he shaking hands with? If he's not going to shake hands with, with, with EC3, why? You know, and. So I asked him, you know, who, who do you respect that you shook hands with? And he listed down all of the memorable names mm-hmm. that he's interacted with that deserved his handshake. And, you know, he's told me, you know, what he believed in. This and, is beautiful. And I love this. Like, he, to, he told me, uh, he told me what, uh, you know, who, who he respected and why. Yeah. So I got those comments from him. And, but that, that's uh, the way my dad said that. It just, it kind of like, you know, as a producer, you think yeah. of what kind of questions can I ask or what can I, yes. you know, to, to get the, the talent going and you know that you know i thought gave gave him what he needed to speak on and then you know he told me in his words and that's that helped me so that was one that part of the feud was great obviously ec3 has uh, many words and not enough time <laughs> but, 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 but that's, <laughs> so that's beautiful yeah, that, 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 that symbology of, of just you know it, it is something like and you see in the narrative how uh, you know matt taven showed up we turned the lights purple and then we turned into a story about purple and just to, yeah, to he's take feuding with a lot of people over the color purple. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be a, probably a ladder match soon. He's yeah. fighting for the color purple. I'd hate to see the day where he walks out and he's wearing green. Well, what's at the top of the ladder of, of a ladder match for the color purple? It gotta be the book. Gotta be the book. Yeah. Gotta be the book. <laughs> <laughs> or the DVD, the, DVD. Of the supposed movie, yeah. which I believe was produced. It's just by a, Oprah. It's just I think a, she was. It's just starring. a gigantic crayon. <laughs> yeah, hey, they sell those at the kids stores. Yeah, like you know, yeah. you you get those like cheap photography, like you know, yeah. where you're like five years old and you sit there and. Like, like yeah, they have the big, the big, the big crayon in the background. Um, that would be nice. No, the, the, that's beautiful that you uh, were able to, because it's, I think the hardest, uh, to me, uh, the way I see wrestling is wrestling is poetry. And this is art, you know what I mean? And we're, everybody in the ring is a, it's a physical art form. It's a physical contest within the, who they're taking on and also in themselves. So to hear that you were able to take a handshake, a memory of your, your, uh, your grandfather and your father, and apply it to that match. And now I'm gonna like go back and watch that video because I've watched that video package since that match. Aired. I mean, and those guys, and those guys like, started like that's yeah. you know they that's their story. That's that's where we were you know that what's where it was going. Like that's you know that, that, I was just trying was pro, like, to tell that story with my own um, experience to kind of like to help get it over to help get it over as yeah, much as I possibly could because they were doing such a great job and I just wanted to that was an HBO episode you, you, that handshake was the recap for their three act structure that they hit out of the park you know what I mean <laughs> like that's that's 100% like that and they're both amazing they're you know? both amazing and I, I hope um, and it was something that we uh, I don't know if you knew this but like through the pandemic and stuff and when EC3 started wrestling there we were like no just send Jay down here like we were like straight up like if they like we want we were so hungry to put those two together of course when they, especially when the essential character uh, character happened I was like we'll we'll set the ring up in a in a in a in a, in a mechanic shop let's go do this like let's get like, you know, that was one of those things where like like EC3 said it a few times just send Jay down here it was, I said we said send Jay and you and like we'll knock <laughs> this out of the park you know what I mean and it was one of those things that. Um, I wish it would have been on the phone. It was because it, it kills me because there was no fans, and you know to not. It, it's so wrestling is so based off of, and, and we, we in the narrative we have projects as they play that act as our extras. So we have a reaction base there, yeah. um, but like so much of wrestling is like 
you do something and there's a taunt. Of course, you know, the that's kick how they tell the, you, yeah. their reactions tell you pacing. Yeah, and, and yes, and now we have a, a new world where uh, the psychology of how to perform in wrestling and tell a story was totally just ripped away and now you have these different forms. And I, and I, I mean, not to pat myself on the back, I'm very happy with what we've done with the narrative and, and going, you know, we can do it with no crowd, we can do it with a crowd. Uh, and, you know, I'm also running, I'm also producing these inside of underground rooms that are this big. You know what I mean? If Ring of Honor, let's say you guys did all your shows at the dojo and it was just the, the rest of the roster in a crowd, that might have been a different feeling you would have got out of it. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Could, like, could be. Could be. I, I said it all the time with when Impact was running. Uh, I was like, why isn't the roster ringside? You know what I mean? Like, just... Like, not everybody, but they had a, you know, Ring of Honor and Impact have a thick enough roster that you could have put 15, 20 people and kind of change them out just so you have that, like, oh's and ah's, and those are so important. Um, what's your third match? You third, I mean, third match is not just so much a match. It's yeah. probably the entirety of a feud uh, with Matt Taven and, Beautiful. and Vincent, Vincent uh, yeah. the Righteous. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, both of those, uh, I mean, Vinny's a horrible human being. He's just <laughs> the worst. I say the same um, thing about his partner, Bill. Taven's uh, not much better, but Dutch. he's got some redeeming quality. Dutch is, the, Dutch is a disgusting, he's actually, he's a beautiful man. He's a disgusting human being. In, <laughs> in your world, he's a beautiful man. In my world, he's a disgusting human being. You know what I mean? <laughs> in my world, he's yeah, yeah. my cigar supplier. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, um, but that, that feud, um, it's, it's beautiful storytelling at its finest by, yeah. by those who are participating and, Absolutely. and involved and in the ring. And, to be a part of that uh, feud, which really kicked off my first night in the company. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, that was my first night, and I was just, you know, I was just trying to figure out what I was doing, and yeah. that was really my, to be honest, that was really my first opportunity at s- telling a story with my own like creative freedom, right? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going in, I'm like, I can, this is gonna be where I, I can choose a path. I'm either gonna be like, the guy that doesn't know what he's doing at all, or the, the the guy that maybe doesn't know a lot, but hey, he's really trying hard, and he, he maybe have something, and that that was and my you, mentality. Like, with the 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 levels of depth of of Vincent, you're lucky. Uh, I'm saying, you're, like, I'm blessed. To, to, I've got to work with both of them vicariously just through the narrative, but I'm really excited to do a lot more with the both of them. But like with Vincent. You know, it's more than just the Charles Manson, the Rob Zombie. There's so much intricacy in, in just how he performs. You know? Well, he's one of the most incredible and underrated yeah. performers in the entire business, it's in my business. opinion. And it's, and it's he he is he is unique in so many ways that people do not give him any credit for. <laughs> it's outrageous. <laughs> he's, he is so organically authentic, mm-hmm. and he's believable, and he believes. In what he's doing, exactly like I said earlier. Yeah, he and, is. Oh, he is one percent. And that's why is, you know yeah. when we're, we're you know doing stuff and with the group and yeah. you know like that's what he is. He's a ma- he's a maniac and he uh, he he leads those uh, those players in the group and that's just that's just what it is, man. And they're all uh, they're all great. Um, quick question before we end it. Um, and the narrative, uh, so you're my first producer I got to sit down with, and I hope to do a lot more of these. I hope to have you back here, especially sure, as man. the world keeps on changing. I think there's a couple more conversations between you and I, and hopefully we are going to collaborate. Because um, I even said, as everything was changing in the world, I was like, I guess I get to, I hope I get to work with Zane out of all this. <laughs> no, you know I appreciate what I mean? that. You know, so that was, I said that, I looked right at Bill Carr and said that. I was like, okay, well, you know. And, and uh, with or without your affiliation to Ring of Honor, I hope that, you know, one of these narrative tapings we have, just your, I'd love to just be like, hey, these two matches are yours. You know what I mean? And like, 
because it's that, this is a collaborative art form. The, you know, the narrative is a blank canvas for everybody to paint. You know, uh, and and I totally hope to do more with you. But what is your not even dream match, but what is one wrestler that you would like to free, like and and help create and help you know because oh, you've already worked with a lot i'm just saying in in the entire universe whether it is somebody you haven't that you would you you, you wish you would have done better with in the past or somebody that's just a dream person like i always say rick flair because i want to i know that there's some pain in there that i want to oh, see so like out. any anybody Any, like yeah, it, yeah. it's like it's not like a possibility it's like yeah, uh yeah. anything like jeff hardy jeff hardy okay yes was jeff it, hardy was uh, besides Bret Hart, who yeah. was my so, number one. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Bret Hart. Of course. Hart kids. Of course. Yes. I mean, yeah. Shawn Michaels, <laughs> yeah. very close second, but yeah. Hitman all day. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Hardy was my favorite in my, like, now I'm 10, 11, 12 years old. Oh, and absolutely. I'm cutting my baseball socks in the circles <laughs> and I'm putting them on and I'm doing things with my hair. I've yeah. always had, you know, long hair and stuff yeah. and I'm flipping it up and then doing a swanton bomb on my wrestle buddy or my friend <laughs> off of the treehouse onto the trampoline. So that was like, yeah. he's my guy um, as a young, young kid. Uh, and I wanted to emulate him. So and you just did like So him. you were not ring of you only been two years. So you didn't I just miss them. Man, I just, just I just missed, missed I just missed a lot, a lot of people that yeah. I feel like would have been cool to work with and collaborate yeah. with and make, I think, yeah, I, I just think it was unfortunately like timing was just not there. Yeah. That's okay because the people that I did and do work with, yeah. I was there for a reason and they were there for a reason. And, and I'm and glad. Never, you, I, I totally think that you will cross paths with Jeff. I, maybe I will too. You know what I mean? I hope There's, so. Yeah, Jeff, if you're like, listening, man, like, yeah. Listen, like listen, if you're we, trying we to get stuff Willow with, with Willow, yeah. Listen, I don't even I know. Willow. I don't even I'm know sorry. Willow that much because <laughs> I, I, I'm talking like Jeff Hardy, yeah. like I'm early 2000s. That's like when I was yeah. like, like WrestleMania 16. Yeah, throw him off is, the top of the roof. That's like my Hardy. biggest yeah. memory, WrestleMania 2000 yeah. of him, of him. But like, yeah, I always thought that working with him and doing stuff because he's a musician too. Yes, and he's like off, off beaten path kind of deal. Yeah. I just feel like we could potentially he's, click. It's and, all vibe potential. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah and I think he's just he just seems like a really awesome dude. So I'd love I'd love to collaborate. Or Matt Hardy, yeah. really. But I mean, the both Hardy, of them, yeah. honestly, because when, yeah, man, like yeah. I, I, the Hardy compound stuff, like yes. and just all of that character, it's tremendous work, and I want, I wish I could have been a part of that. Absolutely, and like, uh, I mean, I've been many of drunk nights with JB, just like, hey, tell me this, you know what I mean? And, like, <laughs> and that's what, like, it was lucky that EC3 would bring me around him because I, would, I'd get to just pick those, pick those, like, I'd brilliant, brilliant, I mean, brilliant absolutely lines. brilliant. Because yeah. like that, the the, uh, the total deletion, the whole deletion universe, we'll just say a deletion universe. Um, it came out of nowhere, and like it really uh, set the the pace for cinematic wrestling. Now, did it help? Like, I'm not blaming it. I'm not saying it jumped the shark, but like cinematic wrestling, and you know, you and I have been able to produce that now. Um, there's certain rules and stuff that they didn't have back when they started Total Deletion. So it was a wild west of cinematic wrestling. You know what I mean? And the one thing <laughs> I will say real quick, just a note on cinematic wrestling, yeah. and this is just unprovoked. I'm yeah. just saying it because I feel like I have to say it. Yeah. What Ring of Honor did, I do not consider cinematic wrestling. Beautiful. That was just a fight with cinematic cameras following them. Yes. They fought their ass off. And that that is, was a fight. He, he and I just, we followed the time, them yeah. and that's what it was. Yeah. That was not a yeah. cinematic match. That was They fought. They fought. Yeah, that's that's, that's that is one hundred percent what uh, EC three tells me all the time when I when we talk about that because Matt and Vincent uh, were wrestling Briscoes fought. wrestling shot cinematically. Yeah, is exactly. Right? Yeah. Because listen, end of the day, like these guys are fighting, they got something to prove, yeah. you know, and like I'm just there and I'm just trying to make it look and sound and feel as good as possible, and they're putting their bodies out there and. It's a fight shot cinematically, not a cinematic match. <laughs> this is our reality. Thanks for stopping by. Thank man. you for I having me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Man. Thank you.
There's Zane, everybody. That kid's made of the right stuff, huh? Oh, yes, he was. Huh? Like, I remember texting you that night going, wow. Like, I, he, I felt so, uh, I don't want to use the word drained, but like it was so much uh, serotonin that was released throughout the day that I felt drained at the end of it. I was like, man, it just was like I can feel his excitement because you could just tell he hasn't had the opportunity to talk about it ever. Yeah, but like, <laughs> who, who's going out of their way to interview the, you know, video guy for a company? Nobody. And they're... They make us, they make some of the shittiest talents I've ever seen look yeah. good. So they make, you know, somebody fantastic and awesome like me, like a, a, a demigod. Yeah. No, but like the amount of work he puts in, I remember doing uh, TV with him. We were filming things in a hotel and, or we went over to the dojo and we're filming and I'm like, all right, I'm at three o'clock, blah, 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 blah. And I go up to Zane and I look at him and his eyes are just red and bloodshot. And he's just been up for 24 hours or something crazy, just filming and editing and filming because we were putting so much TV into one trip. I'm like, dude, you're, you're a hero, man. And so him having the chance that hopefully any creative entrepreneur in any sort of field that finds this gets to you know, gain something from that. The kid's only, what, 28, too. Like, the sky's the limit for him. He's, if he's not one of the best in wrestling right now, he will be. Mm -hmm. And if he's not the best in wrestling right now, he also will be. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Uh, So let's move on to uh, some unpaid advertisements. We got anything? Yeah, this this week. We've done that. We've done that. We did this one over here. We've done that one. We did that in the back. Did we? Yeah, no, we yeah, did, right. yeah, we did, yeah, we did that one in the back. Oh, we didn't do this. Oh, this one? Yeah, let me, let me kick off this shoe. All right? Because I wear this unpaid advertisement from uh, at Correctos. 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 Okay, things about feet, and this is totally unpaid advertisement. Thing about feet is you use them every day, and it's not like vanity muscle. It's not something you work out. It's not something you think about taking care of. I mean, people get manicures or excuse me, pedicures. I actually had one, and I did not like it. I felt invaded. It It felt felt very invasive. Yes, I did not feel great about it. But foot health is important, and uh, being in wrestling, ring the surface. Plus, you know, I'm running sprints. I'm training legs. I'm barefoot squatting, like doing all these things. And I had a I had a toe surgery during the pandemic. That almost killed you. No, the subsequent infections almost killed me afterwards. Still started with the the toe is still patient zero. Oh yeah, the toe was patient zero. And like the thing about the toe was like I don't know if I even needed this surgery. I think they tricked me into getting it because we're coming out of a pandemic. And for some reason, the medical field makes. A lot of money. It's almost like they're forcing things on you so the medical companies, possibly pharma companies, make their money off of like conniving or getting you to, instead of like natural healthy remedies. If you go to but a I doctor, it's the same thing as going to a mechanic. If you go to a doctor, you're going to a drug dealer. Let's yeah, face it. Let's yeah. not even lie about it. So I didn't, 
I don't really think twice about it. I'm like, ah, I guess I can get this surgery because I'm not wrestling anytime soon. So I get this toe surgery and it was like, it wasn't a good job. I had my therapist tell me, why'd they pull that pin out like that? That makes no sense. What did you have done? I'm like, I don't know. He didn't really explain it. And then my toe kind of went crooked. And now I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to go into a rant of the week on the toe because this is getting me fired up and it reminds me of something else. So my toe's been hurting forever. And like, there are days where I can't walk. I go train. I'm doing cardio. I come up here. We're on our feet all day. I'm walking. I'm talking. Like, it's just taking the life out of me. And I, like, the toe will not heal. And what was the rehab they gave me? Oh, I don't know. Do some toe raises. Take walks. I'm a fucking athlete. No shit. I do that anyways. This toe would not heal. And it just kept getting more, more crooked. And it, like, it would come and go with pain. Come and go. It comes and goes whatever. And then, you know, in the middle of it, I get my car detailed, uh, team automotive team three automotive. Thank you for that. Team 3D. Yes. All so right. yeah. Great like, job. Fantastic car million bucks. Found- they get the tables. Yeah. That's oh, when, it, when it comes to cleaning detail in your car, they get the tables. They surely do. But you know, he's a fan and I had a couple, uh, you know, he did your car. He did Moose's car. And, uh, he likes me, and who doesn't? And so he wanted to take a picture. I'm like, yeah, all right. But I mean, I'm the essential character. I'm deranged, kind of psychotic. I shouldn't be driving in a sparkly, clean, nice Jeep Wrangler. I should have like a grape van or like a beat-up old truck or like, you know, something with three wheels. Like I should be driving a piece of shit. What was that car they had in Fight Club that they took off? It was just this long, like yeah. old ass Lincoln. Like old ass Lincoln, yeah. You should be driving I like should a be boat. Driving that. It should have like It the- should be more dangerous than the uh Ecto <laughs> one that we used for Matt Cardona. <laughs> yeah. So he wants to take a picture of me, and I say yes. So we take the picture, and first off, mini rant of the week on the fact he took a picture of my interior where there's creatine and glutamine spread all over the seat because I had a spill. If you don't know what that looks like, it's white powder. So the first thing he posts about, clean DC3's interior today, and there's just <laughs> passion of white powder all over everything, and people are like, this dude rocks. And you know what? They're right. But... So he posts a picture of me standing with my brand new sparkly clean Jeep. He's real happy. And it's like a full body shot. And I have these sandals on, which I shouldn't wear because now I'm doing a lot of research on barefoot and uh, minimalist shoe technology. But like they're crap my toes together. So my already wrinkly, shitty, painful, this thing really hurts every day. Not only my body, but my mind because I have to take steps and I'm just thinking about the pain all the time. This shitty crooked ass toe is kind of pushed all the way over uh, to my big toe. So it just looks horrible. And your toes are already weird looking too. I don't like a weird left middle finger. All right. My phalanges fucking suck. Who cares? I have the perfect aesthetics, but God granted me weird looking limbs. Who gives a shit? Expenditures. Your expenditures. Expenditures. My metacarpals are fucked. Yeah. Like my brain. Anyways, <laughs> so they post this picture and what'd you say? Matt Cardona? Matt Cardona. Fucking points out the fact that my wonky toe is looking real weird and puts it out to his dipshit, loser, fucking virgin ass, stinky, bearded, 40 year old fucking idiot, <laughs> action figure, <laughs> fucking losers. Fuck. 
Howard Bates soy sauce. Never having kissed woman, let alone making love. Asshole, fucking losers, crooked teeth, bad breath, shitty tongue, probably got all that white shit on it. Fucking action figure dorks. Talking shit about my toe. My toe that is fucked up, and I'm not first to admit it. My toe looks like shit, and I get that. But you know what else? It looks like shit because I'm out there doing something every day. Working my ass off. Building a body, a temple that's damn near perfect. Carrying every company I'm in, every company I create, every podcast I'm on, every moment in everybody's life because people want a piece of my ass. I'm carrying them all on my back, on my shoulder, and to walk that, you need feet. And I have feet. And yeah, they have a crooked toe and it's in pain. And you're going to bring that pain to me, making fun of me, putting that, who's that dipshit from the Goonies, the ugly guy? Sloth. You got to put like sloth fucking phalanges tagging me on Twitter like you're so funny when I can look at you in the nude I'm Da Vinci's anatomical man <laughs> you are a fucking thumb you look like a thumb you're a bag of milk and you're gonna even make a one critical comment about how I look I don't do that to people and I am perfect in every way besides my li- uh, expenditures so fuck you rant of the week assholes I will sign your action figures for an exorbitant fee, and uh, I'd like to take this time to thank Correctos, because since I've been using Correctos, I actually really thought, I was like, is my foot going to be what takes me out of wrestling? This fucking foot with that stupid surgery? Yeah. And But it straightens out the toe, and like every day it looks so better. So it's a retainer for your toes. In a sense, yeah. But I could wear it with shoes, and then I'm getting these minimalist barefoot shoes will be an unpaid advertisement, and I do the the Vibram finger toes, but then I do the toe spacers, and I do the socks, the finger socks now, which are a big... I can't believe how much this is. So you're, you're trying to avoid the bunching of toes. You're trying to like... Yeah, and it yeah. needs to straighten out because the tendon got like super tight because the rehab I got from this doctor was f- nothing. Lean against the wall. What the fuck? Like, why, why did you con me out of $8,000? <laughs> You needed the surgery that bad? You should have been in real he, medicine, like pharmaceuticals, and you'd be rich. And you don't need to con people into fake toe surgeries when they could have rehabbed it. I would have rehabbed that shit. Had enough fucking surgeries. God damn. So if the fans were wondering when EC3 uh, was in the hospital for a while, it really started with the toe. It did start with the toe. Funny thing about that. Guess what? So I had this toe, pull the thing out, like I'm healing, I guess. And then I'm like looking at it, it's like infected. And I'm like, what the? That's weird. I don't think anything of it, you know? Whatever. Weeks go by. I'm like, yeah, it's still looking pretty ripe. Then I'm over at, at the dump. I'm talking about how my foot hurts. Someone's like, oh, you know, I know something about feet. Let me take a look at it. And I take a look. I'm like, oh my God, this thing's infected. I'm like, yeah, I reached out to my doctor two times. They said it's fine. It should be fine. No, you need to go to the hospital now. Like, fuck, no, you're crazy. Then I reached out again. I just sent another call. Hey, my friend, I know this is crazy, but my friend said my toe looks really bad. Um, What should I do? I'm like, I'm telling you it's fine. Um, You'll be fine. I'm like, I'm sending you a picture. And I sent her a picture, and it looked like, goddamn fucking the tongue I described to the... 
action figure fan. Like it was just a milky white discharge all over. And then they're like, oh, here's some antibiotics. And I'm like, cool. All right, cool. So the infection goes away. But I don't think it went away fully because then we do narrative one where I whip Matt Cardona's ass. At one point, I fall into thumbtacks and I don't get to shower afterwards because I had to go to the Texas Roadhouse to celebrate the victory with the boys. Then that gets infected. And so like a couple antibiotics, it goes away. But then something cut my arm. And then that got infected, and I was sick of it. I'm like, I'm fine, I'm fine. Until one day it was elephantitis arm. Like, holy shit. And I'm like, I need to go to the hospital. I'm glad I did, because, yeah, that's what put me in the hospital. So the infection has started and just lived in my body for months. And just to let you guys know how uh, much of a psycho boy um, the essential character became, I want to say that the toe was ripped on maybe his second indie as the essential character independent uh, uh, appearance. It was, maybe his second, indie, right? it was like second or third one. And it was luckily in Florida. So he drives back. I find him here in the print shop the next day laying in a blue light because he couldn't figure out how to turn off the blue light. But he did sleep here because of the pain of the toe. You came in here. It was just like the ending of one of the narratives, you know, because that is our reality as EC3 walks somewhere. Everybody just thought that he was, you know, he just, he's fighting all the time. Actually, no, his toe is just fucked. And uh, he actually Not anymore because Correctos. Because Correctos, yes. This has been the best unpaid advertisement ever. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, we're definitely not a, doing an unpaid advertisement for fucking doctors, so you can, you know, maybe. No, if I, like, but this, if I have a family doctor or someone that's like my friend, I, like I, there's a guy I go out to dinner with once in a while. He's a doctor. I love talking to him about actual health and Dune. Smart guy knows a lot about Dune. You knows have a lot about to health. be smart to be a but, doctor. But it's, it's almost better to have that trust of a personal relationship with somebody that is handling your body, um, especially when you have a nice insurance that they can charge and all that kind of stuff. It's just, right. it's just easier these days. You really, there was a sign I saw. We changed office. everything to don't trust anybody. No po- like, podcast. Like, <laughs> why are doctors never in shape? But they give you diet advice. Okay. Like, why are doctors, like, granted, I do f- it's so crazy yeah, fitness things and things like that. And like, man, you're really healthy. I'm like, you should see my lifestyle. <laughs> hey, I once I had healthy? a dentist that was in great shape, and he motivated me to be a better person. He did? Yeah. Okay. But he would always, like, whisper really nice and then touch me like this. That's yeah. like, How you doing there, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> I forgot what I was say. Oh, it was something about, like, the doctor had the stupid... Your medical, your Google search isn't a medical opinion. I'm like, I don't want this guy telling me anything. He's a fucking prick. You're pretentious. Shut up. Like, because I've learned more from pro science idiots than I've learned from our uh, trust in medical professionals. Let's be honest, man. This one's gonna be. This is gonna get a hundred views. We've talked the word pharmacy and yeah, yeah, medical, the medical community. We've talked about yeah, we uh, yeah, we had a. Good- if I say the word CD. Like the things might as well just not exist. Um, just to, to hit some clickbait and just start some rumors for Free the Narrative 3, there has been, with all the releases, some pretty high profile um, entities walking in here, knocking on the door and talking to us. And there was one that was here recently, really like minded individual um, to uh, our art form. And he definitely said that he's been, tr- he's been studying the algorithms so much that he realizes that they're, the algorithm's punishing you to follow a certain... You have to follow in line, and you will be rewarded with views. Well, yeah. If you don't follow in line um, on anything, you know what I mean? It's, it's not even just like the... the le- it's not even like being counter-perspective uh, to the mainstream 
narrative. It's just if you counter anything, if you, either you produce free content that is like everything else, or you will not get views. And that is just the truth. And it's like why a dumbass, like, it was experimental. I'd put a stupid shirtless bathroom mirror selfie on like every other demented narcissist idiot online. And I'm like, oh my God, this has so many likes. Why? But I put up like something tangible with like a reality based message that hopefully reached through to somebody. It's like, eh, that much shit. I don't, I don't care. We, Free I, we speech do it for is it's censored. Um, so uh, this is going to be, this goes out like, you know, it's Friday night right now. You're all watching this tomorrow night's final battle. It is. Um, yeah. 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 What do you want me to do? You want me to do a, a go home promo? I can, I can give that company a go home promo any day of the week. They just never ask. I think, yeah. Cause we're at the go home moment of this, you know, the go home moment is the go home moment should have happened a long time ago. The go home moment is the time is now the go home moment is it is not a final battle. It's a first strike. If you think I'm going to go out there and have a, fucking wrestling match live on pay-per-view in front of people in an indifferent audience who like they'll all have good matches there'll be great matches but no one's gonna say a thing about it no one's gonna shed a tear nobody's gonna pay those people in the locker room a lick a cent to just because they had a good match they all get bookings down the road but like nobody's gonna know it's gonna come and it's gonna go because they've been afraid to take the risk they've been afraid to take the chance but i live on the risk i live to take chances i have nothing to lose ever but this time at this point particularly i have absolutely nothing to lose and you know what i like the most you know what i love jed what's that the unknown so there see just like that we could give it to him and post it they wouldn't even answer my email so whatever fuck off (laughs) (laughs) so uh everybody watching this uh stay tuned for EC3 in his final battle, or his first strike.